Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Well, you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Poor Bat. Deuce. It's showtime. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 204 of the Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? It's going. It's go. I'm putting the miles on, Steve. I was <laughs> Are up you? there in Seattle for a film festival. You were. I then I went you. back down here. Can confirm. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, sure. And then I went and hopped on an airplane and went up to Montana and then I drove back from Montana. No, maybe I did it the other way around. I can't even remember. It's a flipping blur. And now I'm doing a podcast. 
And when I'm done with this podcast, I'm going to drive somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. I haven't seen somebody travel this much since Lester T. Raw. I thought you were going to go for a basketball joker. No. Oh, I I see what you did there. Yeah, Yeah, no, I see what you didn't do there. You wasted a perfectly (laughs) good basketball joke opportunity. Sorry. I was like, which which player is he going to slander? I know how you hate the whole Vlade Divac flop. Who who does he hate for traveling? Yeah. Shaq. I don't know that I have. Anybody springs to mind immediately as being particularly offensive to me in that arena. Staples arena, if you will. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. But, uh, yeah. Are we going to do a show, show or We're what? We're doing a show. Uh, we are sort of recovering from the film festival, which... Uh, oh, you're recovering. ...was an excellent so success. bleeding open wound. <laughs> we had a great time. I, I had a great time, anyway. I think our attendees had a good time. Everybody seemed to had a good time. With, uh, you know, a smile on their face, an armful of swag, and maybe a slight buzz. Spring in their step. Yeah, and uh, since then we are uh, just kind of wrapping things up. So this episode we're going to uh, talk to our award winners, Viewer's Choice Award, and the uh, Bone Bat Jumbo Bonus Jury Award. So we'll have some interviews with those filmmakers, and uh, we're going to check out some live music that... Uh, we were treated to from Hollins and Hollins Mortuary Entertainment, featuring music from the Pine Box Boys and Lester T. Raw's Graveside Quartet. So, uh, lots of fun stuff where that came from. Right on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What I'm really looking forward to is you explaining, and I'm guessing this is going to come in what pisses you off, why you sound like shit. Because <laughs> okay, you sound like shit. You sound like you have so, yeah, like a, a so, live chicken in your throat. Uh, so Julie and I, we went to the movies on Friday night. We're going to go see Doctor Strange 2. And so I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm uh, watching the movie and I feel a sneeze coming on. And, you know, have you ever done the thing where you try to, like, stifle the sneeze, right? So you, like, close your nose. I don't do that. That's dangerous. You focus, and then you just, like, let the urge pass, like, so you don't sneeze. Now, that would be the successful way to do that. Instead, what I did was plug my nose and send the blast of my full sneeze rocketing back through my sinuses into my brain. Which was a stupid fucking thing to do. It did not work at all. And so is it just like a wind like, ripping through your cerebellum, the canyon of your cerebellum? Right, I'm immediately like, ow, 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 ow. It totally hurt, so we watched the movie. But that whole night, my sinuses are fucked up. And then the next night, I go to the metal show. I go to see uh, this German thrash band called Destruction that I've been a fan of for a really long time. Never saw them live. Uh, finally got a chance to go see them. And so I was right next to the stage, and I was like right next to the fog machine. So I was breathing fog all night. And my working theory is that the blowing a hole in my sinuses like I did uh, gave an opportunity for particulate shit to get purchased into my nasal cavities, breathing fogger all night. And after that, like, I got a nasal infection of some sort. And I've been feeling like shit ever since, so. I'm starting to turn the corner on it, but yeah, that totally sucked, and it fucking pisses me off, because the next time, I'm just going to sneeze in the quiet fucking theater. I'm sorry if it ruins your... Yeah, just But I can't, do it. you know, mess my shit up for like four days, because I, I'm holding a sneeze. I try to be considerate, but it didn't work out that way, definitely. So yeah, that's definitely what pisses me off. 
Yeah, so if you're in the theater, Steve, and all of a sudden your hair just gets blown forward into your eyes, your popcorn goes shooting forward, because snee- Steve has sneezed on your head, it's for the best. Yeah, look a lot like that Memorex ad, but in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture it. Right. Yeah. Well, So what pisses you off, man? Well, Steve... Let me tell you, mine is going to be a lot more movie-related than yours, because I was at after movie. watching... It's not going to be more movie-related than that. Well, because yours is the experience you had in one movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mine is like a, all the a, movies. That's, that's a good point. Right. I, mine is about a lot of movies, because now that I'm done with the film festival, what have I been doing? Watching movies. And what do I like to watch? Action movies. And this thing I've seen over and over again is really pissing me off and that's using the sound of a gun cocking as shorthand for it's getting more dangerous even when it makes no goddamn sense so you can picture it you've seen this movie the the hero is in a room all of a sudden there's a dozen highly trained highly armed SWAT guys or special forces or gangsters or whatever and they've all pointed their guns at him and he's like he raises his hand whoa 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 hey just a minute everybody and the the laser sights are maybe on his forehead and then he says something smart alecky and then you hear a clack 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 everyone's cocking their guns what? no if they're in the situation where they're going to be shooting already they've cocked their guns are they special forces guys are these guys seals they're going to be ready to shoot not clickety click and what's really <laughs> pissing me off is when someone has cocked their gun, picture, go back to the scene, the guy is smarted off, everybody cocked their guns as a way to say, hey, quit smarting off, guy. He goes, hey, calm down, everything's cool. He talks for a bit, then he smarts off some more, and everybody cocks their guns again. <laughs> You've already cocked your guns, people. That's not how guns work. It's not It's not a duck call, Okay. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's what, that's pissing. What movie did you hear this happen in? Oh my god, I've seen it all over the place. Brian Reynolds movies. I've seen it in a bunch of shitty action movies that I've tried not to disparage particular movies on this podcast, so they will go really? unnamed. You do because I think you've said that movies are a total piece of shit and you shouldn't waste your time. You've you've had never had a problem disparaging movies. I want to hear. I said I was movie, trying, not succeeding. <laughs> what movie? Was it where they cocked and said something smartass and then cocked uh, no, their I'll guns send again. you a list. Uh, we're going to take this discussion offline. I will send you a list. <laughs> I just want to see this in, in, you know, this full effect. Okay. Now that I've mentioned it, you're going to see it all over the goddamn place. You're probably place. right. That's how it works, right? You hear about something mm-hmm. for a, the first time and you never really thought about it or, you know, considered. And then all of a sudden it's everywhere. So, yeah, you're going to make me hyper aware of this. Rampant cocking in all action movies. <laughs> so much cock. <laughs> Gordon was right. Oh, my God. Well, Why don't they stop cocking? That's all they do. Boy, you talk to Gordon once, and now it's just cock, 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 cock. Yeah. Hey, wasn't there a, a movie with John Travolta, Look Who's Cocking? I don't know. That was Saturday Night Fever. Oh, okay. Anyway. Why don't we listen to a tune? What are we going to listen to, Steve? Uh, let's listen to some more of the Pine Box Boys from the Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Fest 2022. Enjoy. Well, as he said, we're the Hollands and Hollands Mortuary Entertainment Show. 
Sponsored by Holland's and Holland's Mortuary Services, as they always say, we'll be the last ones to let you down. <sighs> Isn't this perfect? Your mother has said goodnight. She's kissed you on the forehead and she's turned out the light. From your darkened closet, I slip into view. And oh, such lovely dreams I have prepared for you. Oh, my darling, don't rest easy. There is something you should know. All those fluffed, stuffed creatures have a story all their own. The bunnies find the monkey silly. There's no need for you to fright, but the one that you should watch most closely is that one you cuddle tight. Teddy bear has teeth. And Teddy bear has an appetite. And when he hears you breathing deep, he's going to eat you and you'll see. Teddy bear has teeth. Teddy bear has plans. And Teddy bear has his own designs. He'll be the ruler of the bed and he determines you are dead. Teddy bear has teeth. my bear and I don't see why I should care Teddy bear has teeth and Teddy bear has an appetite and when he hears you breathing deep he's going to eat you and you'll sleep Teddy bear has teeth He loves the most. Teddy bear has teeth. True teddy bear's favorite part, the liver. <laughs> and all the good we did to our livers last night. True teddy bear's other favorite part, the solar plexus. And the lunar plexus. <laughs> and that whole area we refer to as Burbank. And let us not forget... Our little friend, the quadlibet. Look, Mommy, I found my quadlibet. Two, three, four, go. If you dare, he's not my bear. And I don't see why I should care. Teddy Bear has guts. And Teddy Bear has a camera. He has a vial for your tears. He likes to keep some souvenirs. Teddy Bear has teeth. <laughs> That's from our children's album. No, it's a true story. <laughs> it's called Lester T. Raw's Graveside Quartet Sings Your Children to Sleep. It really didn't sell well. 
All right, we are back once again, and joining us now on the show, I am thrilled to say we have, once again, the heavyweight champion of independent gore, Chris McEnroy. How you doing, man? Good, good. Uh, I love that title. I'm going to take that and put it on my tombstone. Yeah, I, I, I <laughs> felt like you earned the title with bad guy number two. You cemented it, though, with probably we summoned a demon that that's what nailed it like that's your title now it just is i'll take it it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna be my uh, biography title as well so uh this year of course you just released the brand new short guts and uh guts is so amazing that gordon and i have decided to award it the bone bat jumbo bonus jury award for 2022 so congratulations man what yeah thank you yeah this this short most encapsulates what we're talking about when we talk about giggles and gore and in addition to another lovely statuette you get a hundred bucks american how about that oh my god dudes that's amazing thank you so much (laughs) oh wow that's so cool i love it yeah, so congrats again, man. So where did you get the idea for Guts? I, I'm feeling 3 o'clock high hat definitely had something to do with yeah, it. Yeah, definitely 3 o'clock high. But then, and I got to tell you, this this film, the only knock against it when Steve and I were debating on if we should award you this award, the only knock was, well, haven't we already given this guy an award? <laughs> But then we're like, well, did anyone tell Michael Jordan, no, that point doesn't count? You've got enough points, Michael yeah, you've Jordan? You've got enough no. championships, Michael. I'm the Michael Jordan of short film gore, I guess. I guess. You are. Yes. Phelps, <laughs> yeah. You you get another medal. Oh, wow. Women that, is, that is oh, so cool. You guys are the best. <laughs> well, thank you well, yeah. for sharing the, the film, man. So, yeah, where did, where did you get the idea? Oh, well, you're right. Three O'Clock High is a huge influence. I even put the brass knuckles in there uh, as a little nod to that movie. Um, and obviously the Five O'Clock uh, deadline is similar to that. But I just had a really weird image um, of a guy eating his own guts. And I'm like, well, why is he doing that? What's the story? What's his deal? Um, and it kind of just went from there. I just had this really weird image of him doing that and then it's like oh well he's he's being bullied because he has some sort of weird birth defect where his guts are on the outside of his body and yet somehow he's survived 35 years and he's alive (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know it was right during kind of when the pandemic happened and um everybody was losing their jobs and feeling you know disrespected and like i lost a bunch of my gigs i work as a commercial director and uh it was just sort of like, man, the authority people that are in charge are still like keeping all their jobs and their money, but like laying off everybody else and taking making people take pay cuts. So I just felt a little bit discouraged by all that by the pandemic, and it kind of came from there about a dude who needs to like rise up to the bullies and to the authority and take matters into his own hands, his guts into his own belly, <laughs> and stick it to the man. Yeah, well, it was awesome that you have. You know, your your stable of actors that you've used often, but then you got to bring Rad Chad in from Scare Package. That was amazing. Yeah, I met Rad Chad, uh, Jeremy King, uh, when Scare Package was playing a film festival. So I met him at a, at a couple film festivals with Scare Package, and I uh, just thought he would be perfect for 
for Brody, the bully, and he was. <laughs> <laughs> he pretty much encapsulated that character. He he flew into Austin and then rented a car, and he showed up in like a silver Mustang convertible. Like, <laughs> you're, <so, laughs> you're such a Brody. And then the actor that, that played uh, Mr. Browns, he also flew in Austin and rented a car, and he showed up in a minivan. <laughs> Just, oh, they were so perfect. Yeah, I drive a minivan. That shit's not funny. <laughs> well, I would I would prefer a minivan right now with the family that's growing, but they're not cheap. Oh man, they do come in handy though. Yeah, you just have to make out. peace with it. Go go yeah. go into it, making peace with it. Go with it. You know what? In fifteen years, this is going to be a completely destroyed piece of shit that I'm still finding like cookies in. So <laughs> yeah, mine would have like hidden little crevices of blood from like carrying barrels of blood to set or something yeah yeah i was just gonna say yeah. how many gallons of fake blood can you carry in a minivan like i can see you like just sort of you know using a tape measure when you're at the car dealership to figure that out yeah we're gonna find, <laughs> we're gonna find I out i carry a lot of blood don't worry it's not mine <laughs> so how many barrels of blood can this hold <laughs> they never tell you that in the pamphlet yeah, I'm reading this whole thing. Nowhere does it mention barrels of blood. What the fuck? <laughs> How many miles of intestines can it roll up in as many? <laughs> right. What kind of a large intestine or small intestine? Get when it's chock full of blood. Uh, yeah. And speaking of which, you've got to share your your recipe with us for edible guts because not only there's <laughs> their blood, there's guts that get eaten. Because yeah, and I've got to say that scene made me physically gag when we when we were judging this movie. It is so perfect. So, yeah, I can't wait for all of our audience to be able to see this. It's still the festival circuit. But, uh, yeah, yeah, what what did you use for your guts? Oh, yeah, we had to definitely get something that looked like guts, you know, like organs and intestines and make it look really gross and juicy. And uh, so what it was was... There's these, uh, on Amazon, you can buy these really big gummy worms. <laughs> so we, we, bought a bu- we bought a bunch of those and then uh, molded them into organ shapes and um, put, like, jello on top and just, like, liquid. And then right before we would do a take, we would put this yellow, gooey, pussy stuff in his mouth so when he would bite down the first part of the take, it would all come out. <laughs> oh, God, it was so... Everybody was so grossed out, uh, but it worked out well. And then, like, you know, the actual long intestine was just a piece of, um, I, I, I can't think what it's called right now, but it, it wasn't edible, so he had to, like, shove it in his mouth. <laughs> and then before we cut, he would just, you know, yank it out of his mouth before he would gag everywhere. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but we had that somebody, in that... In that shot, we had somebody below the table handing him stuff. So he was, like, reaching down as if he was grabbing it from his stomach, but he was really grabbing it from someone's hand and just pulling it all up. <laughs> so so are you kind of like Sam Raimi with Bruce Campbell? Do you just abuse Kirk when you're shooting these scenes, or how does it work? I don't do it on purpose, but he's, de- <laughs> he's definitely being abused. Um just uh, every time I send him a script, I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Well, he's, he's been awesome in all of them. So, yeah, he's always 100% game, it seems like, for whatever you're, yeah. you're, uh, you've come up with next. 
he's great. And then Carlos as well has been in every single thing that I've made, and he's died in every single thing I've made. Yes, even Kirk the Gorgar, has survived he, a couple of times. Even the Gorgar commercial, yeah, they both get killed again. So he, he, di- he died in that, and then he died in Guts. Yeah, he just keeps dying in everything. Speaking I wrote of, another sh- another short I was going to make in July, but I'm not going to do it anymore, but he would have died in that. Oh, really? So, so okay. So uh, what are you planning next, actually, since we're on that note? Well, I, I probably have told you guys before that I'm trying to make a feature, and it's a werewolf movie. And uh, I've been, uh, you know, trying for years and years, and the script has been worked on for by me for years and years. <laughs> and it's in a great spot. And uh, I have a great uh, producer team. The guys who uh, produce Scare Package actually are on board to help me get this made. And we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. But uh, hopefully shooting it this year at some point be my first move, my first feature. Fantastic. So Congratulations, great. man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I'll take it, but I don't know yet. <laughs> lot, yeah, I'm not like, gonna. I'm not gonna to celebrate go, until the. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's far. It's closer than it's ever been for me, so that's good news. Sure. So what's up with all the birds in guts? Why does the boss man have a bird fetish? Is there some bird backstory that's just not expressed? There is. It's actually a bird supply company online. You can buy uh, bird feeders, bird seed, bird books. Uh, bird watching binoculars. Um, <laughs> so it's called the Dervish and Browns Bird Supply Company. I even made little uh, pens for like the company name. Um, oh my god! Did I miss that when I was watching that? Is that expressed in the movie? And I just dumbass no. my way past it. No, oh, dude, it's it's all hidden. It's all just like motivation that I you know backstory crap. <laughs> So like, but then it also, like, it gives me an awesome excuse for that cuckoo clock as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is a tremendous like he, kill, know, yeah. Absolutely. He's got birds, that, like, on his tie and birds all over the, you know. He's got vultures on his office wind, uh, wall, and there's vultures in the break room. There's birds everywhere. So just kind of a theme. That was the company, you know, that we came up with that uh, the movie takes place <laughs> for some reason. And Kirk, I always imagine Kirk is like the IT guy for the website. And like uh, Sydney, who asked everybody to be quiet, and she's kind of crunching numbers. She's like the accountant of the <laughs> company. Uh, That's you know, amazing. Just well, little... It reminds me of like how Guillermo del Toro will have like skulls in the wallpaper in Crimson Peak, but nobody ever sees the wallpaper. It's never closed up on. Just the only person who knows is him and like the art designers. And that's so badass, yeah. though, that you went to that level of detail. Yeah, I think it's it's worth it, you know, have some backstory and like little Easter eggs. I'm, I mean, it's cool that you you're the first person that even asked me about it, so it's cool that you picked up on it. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's us, man. We do what we can. <laughs> you, got, yeah. you watched it pretty closely to give it an award, so you had to like. Should yeah. I give this an award? There's this weird bird shit going on in here. <laughs> A lot of bird stuff going on. <laughs> had a really bad experience with the starling ones, but I'll let it go. Well, even like, you know, 3 o'clock high always would cut to the clock at the school, too, yes. kind of showing what time it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, I, I want to use something like that to show the passage of time and, like, the urgency um, and a cuckoo clock. Originally, that kill was going to be um, pencil sharpener, um, and I changed it all with that theme of the birds and the cuckoo clock going through his head and 
I think it worked out better this way anyway. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Very, yeah. yeah, original. I can't say that I've seen that happen before in any other film. That's great. Yeah, we had to have that custom made so we could shove that bird through really far. Um, so that we actually have that cuckoo clock on a fake wall, and there's somebody behind there like shoving it, the bird through the clock <laughs> so it actually can extend really far. Wow. Uh, yeah. Huh. I figured you'd just fed your little cuckoo those pills I see advertised on his websites <laughs> that, that Steve always goes to. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Why am I getting those emails now? <laughs> right on, man. Well, uh, congratulations again on the award. Uh, that'll be coming to you here very shortly. And uh, one last question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bad Show. Chris, what pisses you off, man? Well, you know, lately I've been trying to be pretty calm about things. Um, when, when things piss me off, I try to change my vibe and my mindset and attitude. But I will tell you that I, in life in general, I'm kind of pissed off that I haven't made a feature yet. So I'm hoping that's going to be fixed soon. No, oh, we hope so too, man. Yes, yes, we do. That would be absolutely delightful. Yeah, thanks, guys. Oh, of course. Well, thank you again for joining us on the show and for sharing your amazing work with us, Chris. Of course, anytime. I hope to make it to the fest one of these years. That would be awesome. Well, I've been having some real bad dreams lately. Yeah, no, it's the same dream. You've had it, too. I know you know the one I'm talking about, the one where you're eating your own foot. Is that just me? No, so there I am, I'm eating my own foot, about to tuck in, right? And I hear this voice behind me, and, and I, 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 it just leans in and it says, You gonna finish that? And I turn around, and he ain't got no eyes in his head. And he ain't got no flesh on his bones. He's Mr. Skeleton, and he's coming for each and every one of you. Whoa! All around the stories told How Mary died out in the cold On a hill about a mile out of town She found her old man dead In another woman's bed And old Mary's old world came crashing down She bit the finger off her hand That wore the shiny wedding band And sat there in the cold the way to die Who could say what sparkled more The diamonds on the ring she wore Or the shimmer of the frozen tears she cried That drew to Miss Dawn, Mr. Skeleton I guess you're coming after me I won't be missed on Mr. Skeleton So I will freely go with it Now Willie saved a bard But he blew it all on Ryan cards He lost his shirt and one leg of his pants to have more class he had a horseshoe up his ass he was a master of games of skill and chance but that night was rough when old red called his bluff you see and willie was only holding pocket eights you could see old willie frown 
When Fifth Street came around, cause he knew already finally made it straight. He blew the best down, Mr. Skeleton. I guess you're coming after me. Won't be best on Mr. Skeleton. So I will freely go with, so I will freely go with, so I will freely go with. Chris McEnroy, director of Guts, and you're listening to The Bone Bat Show. All right, we are back, and joining us now on the show, the writer, director, animator of the film mr pete and the iron horse killian villain how you doing man i'm very good 
I have a hangover, but I'm good. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show in your hangover state. Yes, of course. So the reason that uh, we wanted to chat with you is our viewers voted for Mr. Pete and the Iron Horse as the best animated short for the Viewer's Choice Award for the 2022 Bone Bat Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. So congratulations. Thank you so much. Amazing. And it was not close, it. man. It was a landslide. Everybody fucking loved this short. It's amazing. Yeah, you, your film killed. It was, uh, there were a lot of films animated and not animated, and yours was one of the ones people kept bringing up when they were talking about the film festival. So you should really feel good about the product you put out. It was, it was much loved. It's an honor. Thank you so much. It's good to hear this. So I imagine doing animation is just a lot of work with no feedback from an audience. You're just making this thing alone and hoping, well, I hope people like this. Actually, there's there's a, a huge audience in Europe. We have like several festivals, but it's like a microcosm. And I'm, I mean, I don't do it alone. I have like kind of big, big team for it. But uh, it's very cool like to, to have an audience in, in America. And uh, audience award is like actually the, the most special thing you can have as a director because there's no jury or like uh, big companies behind it who like uh, uh, who can like make the decision about your movie. So this is the real shit. Like, yeah, <laughs> well, uh, we're not exactly backed by Exxon. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, your, your point is well taken that, you know, this is uh, what people who have actually seen the art feel about it. So, you know, it's all about the art. There's no uh, outside motive for this kind of award. It's, it's made out of audience love. Yeah, that's perfect. The most important prizes, definitely. So where did you get the idea for this short, Killian? I think it was during I studied animation in Switzerland. Um, we had liked to, to make a, a graduation movie at the end. And I think it was one of my first ideas... It was like quite like bind to my hate about capitalism or like the the um, the societies like where everything has like to to be faster and um, the workers have like to work more and not getting paid very well and stuff. And for me, it was just like the metaphor of burning people in a train to make it faster. For me, it worked pretty well. Like this this metaphor about our society work. And burning people, it's like, I think I was drinking in a bar and then I was thinking about it and that was it, like this idea of burning people in a train. Pretty simple, actually. Yeah. And, and the smoke from the bodies is what's getting the, the corporate overlords of the train, it's getting them high. So they're, they're like, this is the first, we've had movies where people are eaten, we've had movies where their <laughs> blood is drunk, but we've never had a movie where people are... Inhaled. That's pretty dark, which is, <laughs> which yeah, is cool. I, like, I think like uh, if you look at people in our society who are who have power, who are rich, to, to get rich, they have like to to walk over bodies or like uh, treat people bad, and it's like inhaling their soul to to reach to a certain point of of power or whatever or money. And I thought like this is. It's like this, you know, you burn them and after one, you, afterwards you, you suck in their soul. It's like uh, the worst thing you can do to someone, I guess. Absolutely. 
So who are your inspirations when it comes to animation? Because this has a very classic look to it, but it also has that sort of eye-popping, trippy factor as well. Yeah, I think there's many, but especially Mr. Pete and the Iron Horse is like based on like all the animations from the 30s, like Fleischer Studios, the sure. old Disney, like uh, Steamboat Willie with Mickey Mouse, for example. But I also love like Over the Garden Wall, if you know this one, which is actually like a, a, a series. I think it was also on Netflix. I think now it's on Disney, um, which is actually for children, but it's quite dark as well. Then, of course, Rick and Morty. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very yeah this is Steve but Willie meets Rick and Morty uh, <laughs> with with an extra dash of evil to it, I think. Yeah, I heard this before. I was uh, Two weeks ago, I was in Stuttgart in Germany joining a festival, and someone on the audience said, like, yeah, it's a mix from uh, Steamboat Willie and Rick and Morty, which was uh, pretty, pretty nice to hear for me. Right on. All right, man. So uh, what are you working on next? Mm. Uh, this time I'm going to work with planes. Okay. So first it was an elevator, then it was a train. Now it has something to do with, with planes. I don't know if you know the uh, the Greek mythology Icarus. Of course. Sure. And that's something I, I was always interested in. Like this person who builds his wings like to get closer to the sun. And Daedalus' father always says, like, don't go too close. And Icarus is not listening to his father and going too close. And afterward, like the, uh, how do you say, like the wax is melting. Yeah, the wax melts. And, and then he dies. And this is quite like, uh, yeah, it's somehow like beautiful in a, in, a, in a cruel way. But I was fascinated about this. And I tried like to, to build it. A story around this mythology in a different more dark and gloomy way I guess and um, I have a co-director now who's like uh, a tattoo artist and has nothing to do with animation at all but uh, he has like very crazy ideas as well and we just finished the script and found our new production company and now we try like to get the funds from the state and different sponsors and then we hope to to start in January, I guess. Fantastic. Well, we cannot That's wait wonderful. to see what you do next, sir. I'm going to try my best. All right. Uh, well, one last question that we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bass Show. Killian, what pisses you off, man? Um, I guess right now, alcohol-free beer really pisses me off. <laughs> <laughs> A specific reason why <laughs> and yet you're hungover <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh yesterday I, w I was like it was kind of like a day party something concert and i went there i actually already had a hangover so when you have a hangover it's actually good to have like a beer afterwards like that you get like back sure. on track hair of the dog yeah yeah, yeah. but i was too late so actually the, there was no beer anymore, only alcohol-free beer, and this this really made it bad. So there's always a little bit of alcohol in the alcohol-free beers, so you have to drink a lot of them. <laughs> and it didn't work out, so I had like to walk because it's like at the harbor in a like far away from the city. So I'd like to walk for hours, like to get real beer and whiskey, 
and this took so much time. Yeah, so I would say it pissed me really off to have alcohol-free beer. I don't understand why you do this to people. <laughs> right on, man. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the show, and congratulations on your thank award for Mr. Pete and the Iron Horse. Yeah, it's a great honor. Thank you to all the audience who like uh, uh, voted for this. It's really, it's a really cool feeling. Thank you so much. Oh, and our other sponsor, Razois Acoustique. You see, we don't use electric razors. That's crass. We like a good acoustic razor ourselves. So, Razois Acoustique, and here's their jingle. Ready? Just think of all the razors and the ducats you say Another day, another time We're gonna lift all this behind Yeah, but I kinda like the lather And you know I love the razor And you're sitting in my chair Even though I am a stranger I never was a saint I never was a martyr I also never told anyone I was a barber Snip, snip, two bits It hurts a little button on the wrist Hi, I'm Killy. I'm the director of Mr. Pete and the Iron Horse. Uh, I'm going to get old now, 35 years old. I have a hangover. Thank you so much for listening. All right, we are back. Thank you so much to our filmmakers for spending some time with us tonight to uh, discuss their amazing work. Uh, once again, our award winners, Gord. The uh, Viewer's Choice Award for Best Pacific Northwest Short goes to Rollins Stafford from Stafford RTB Films, director of Zombies Like to Watch from the USA. Portland, actually, Gord. Because, nice. of course, it's our Pacific Northwest short. Uh, yeah. The Viewer's Choice Award for Best Animated Short, of course, goes to Killy Villam from Mr. Pete and the Iron Horse, which is produced by YK Animation out of Switzerland. The Viewer's Choice Award for Best Live Action Short went to Adam Burnett for My Great Funeral Movie. It's produced by Mental Images. And of In course, what country? From the UK, sir. All right. And of course, the 
Bone Bat Jumbo Bonus Jury Award was awarded to Chris McEnroy, director of Guts, produced by Garth Manor, also from the United States. Or Estados Unidos, as you often like to say. That is what I like to say. I know, right? I know you. I do, but I say Los Estados Unidos. Yeah, you did. So, dude, the festival is a good time. What were some of your your personal highlights for the fest? All right. I know this sounds really sappy, but honestly, my personal highlight was watching you sing Stab with the, with the Pine Box Boys. That I know that was super cool for you, and that made it even cooler for me to watch. That was that was just freaking fantastic. I know that has nothing to do with film. It's very self-congratulatory or whatever. That was awesome. That, that was truly uh, a wonderful moment that uh, I will not forget. Yeah, and yeah, I, that was that was pretty joyful because you know earlier in the evening I was afraid that I had screwed up Lester's pedal board. It was oh God, yeah, Steve for... goes up on the stage, it, like right in front of everyone, unzips, just pees all over everyone's equipment. I don't know what he was doing. Then he just thrashes it like Led Zeppelin in a hotel room, just swinging microphone. You didn't break anything, Steve. God. No. I crossed the stage when I knocked a mic over, and it, like, landed near his pedal board. And so I went up and told him, because I was a little worried that it might have messed something up. And so then, when they go up to play their second set, like, he's having technical difficulties, and I'm just miserable. I'm sitting up there going, fucking, this is my fault, you know, that, that they can't play right now. And, of course, the consummate professionals they are, the... Pine Box boys are amazing, and they they like pushed through it. But then uh, we no, didn't they know just shifted much... gears. Like, okay, well, what yeah, do we have on they, the stage? They we'll play that. More songs with uh, horns, and they just adjusted and rolled with the punches. But then uh, we didn't know how much time they had left, and so you know we sort of estimated it. And then uh, at the end of that, then uh, Jimmy's like, "Oh shit, we didn't play stab. Hey, can we play stab?" And we're like, "Absolutely, you can play stab. That's one of my favorite tunes. I've never. <laughs> There's no way I would say no to that." And he's like, do you want to come sing with us? Absolutely, I want to go sing Stab with you guys. Oh, that was that was wonderful. But yeah, yeah, for me, you know, some of the highlights, just being in a theater again for 11 hours with my best friend and my family, watching one of the greatest comedy horror lineups that's ever been put together. Like, that was amazing. Yeah, it was people, and just being in a room full of a few hundred people, whatever, however many were there, and people are just all laughing and having a, a good time because of stuff that we put together for them to enjoy. People are, are just they they dug it, and yeah, it was, and also, I mean, specifically, it was wonderful to finally meet Clarissa oh my and Vaughn, right? Like in real life, yeah, yeah. Clarissa Jacobson, the producer and writer of Lunch Ladies, which won our Viewers Choice Award a couple of years ago, uh, made the trek to Seattle for this festival, as well as Vaughn from Motion Picture Massacre, who he's come on the show a number of times over the years. Uh, just a great guy, and to have a chance to have a few drinks and dinner with him and uh, to have him experience what we do. Man, that was neat. So a few other highlights just running through the ballad here. Uh, 
Discovering Andrew Rudder's work this year, uh, he had The Front Door and Peter the Penguin, two just insanely fun films that were just right. We were unfamiliar with his work, and so discovering a director from the UK that fit our sensibilities so well was just freaking awesome. Um, Will you? Uh, a longtime attendee, Kim Douthat, got her first film into the festival this year. And in addition to writing and directing that, she also acted in The Cookie Crumbles. So uh, it was really cool to see her just elevate her game at this year's festival. Uh, the jump scare at the end of Isaac Ruth's Neighbors. That is always so much fun to see how a whole audience is affected by a jump scare. Everybody during the break wondering aloud how Joel Nicolosi made Celebritas Ex Machina. <laughs> the story behind that has got to be just amazing. Uh, hearing people quote, meet friend all night. Fuck you, children. Oh, God, that was great. Uh, not to mention uh, the slow burn that is Land Graves. I mean, that was such a change up in both tone and style and, you know, a 20-minute film of just foreboding with a heavy metal soundtrack could, on paper, be a challenging shift for a comedy horror festival. But, man, I just thought it worked so well as a change of pace. It's always interesting how political dynamics work within families and Welcome to Our Home is so timely in that way. So it was so fun to enjoy that one with uh, audience. The laughs that the Red Spot got. I mean, Creature Theater. Oh my God. So good. Shark closing up the trilogy that began in our very first festival with Spider, which is a legend in the comedy horror world. It's just such a great short. And then following that up with Bear and now closing out the trilogy in a very dark way with Shark. That was freaking amazing. Uh, so well done, Nash Edgerton. Thank you for sharing that with our festival. The cringes that are brought on by Minimally Invasive from Australia. Oh, so good. The way that Disembody sort of threw the gear shift forward going into the fourth block was just super fun. You could almost feel the momentum of the festival ratcheting up. And then closing with things like Hunter's Cabin from NC Van Heerden. Uh, the Relic, just amazing Lovecraftian short, and then closing with the absolutely gorgeous cinematography of Anthony Cousins every time we meet it for ice cream. Your fucking face explodes. Ah, oh, so good, so good, man. So many great memories from that fest. Wow. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Uh, overall, just a good, good time. Yeah, so... Listening to people scream because you saw something and you're like, you know, if I put this on a giant screen in front of people, they'll scream. And they do. Yeah, like yeah, that is that is always the coolest thing when, you know, the, the feeling that you get back. And the theater loved our audience. They're like, you know, coming out of COVID, like it's been – we have these events where people are just a pain in the ass and they don't want to mask up. And your audience was awesome. Like we didn't, we barely had to mention it to them and everybody was nice to each other and smiling and wearing a mask in the lobby when they needed to. And it was just, you know, nothing but praise for the bone bat audience. So well done folks. Well done. So, uh, should do some thank yous. Uh, once again, thank you so much to Ken Arnold 
and the team behind Comedy of Horrors Volume 1. That got a lot of laughs. People really enjoyed it. It was super fun. And thanks to Pierce Berlsheimer for allowing us to present crabs at the end of the evening. A ton of people stayed till the very end. Which was, you know, the last 11, crab. Yeah, 11 hour day. And there were still a bunch of people at, down to the very last minute. So super cool that everybody wanted to experience every second that this festival had to offer. Uh, thanks again to Lester T. Raw, Possum, Slade, Colonel Timothy Leather, and Gentleman Jimmy Hadley of Hollands on Hollands Mortuary Entertainment. The Pine Box Boys, Lester T. Ross Graveside Quartet, for coming up from San Francisco to play for our audience. That was badass, as always. You guys are wonderful. Thank you again to Clarissa and Vaughn for coming out. And, of course, thank you to our sponsors, who were Fantagraphics Books, Dolcetta Artisan Sweets, The Chocolate, once again, was an enormous hit. Oh, yeah. It is the best. The best. Scarecrow Video for the DVDs, which we gave away as prizes, as well as I think there was a a tote bag and some other additional swag. Around the Table Gaming Pub gave us a couple of board games, which we gave away during the drawing. Paizo Publishing gave us novels to include in our swag bags, as well as a case of their uh, Pathfinder Beginner set which we handed out to the audience during the prize drawing. GT Printing Equipment, once again, for paying for all of our printing needs this year. That was fantastic. True Cult Coffee for the coffee that they provided. Zosser Pizza for financial support. Mac and Jack's Brewery for T-shirts, again, as well as the beer for the drink special, which kept our audience well lubricated throughout the festival. Vortex Video and Music, who gave us those awesome gift cards, which we handed out during the prize drawing. Dark Horse Comics for all the swag bag stuff. And Zippy's Giant Burgers for the Wicker Bar Cocktail Books, which we included in all of our enormous packages. And, of course, Jerry Cooch. Jerry Once again, Cooch! Bridge the Gap got us to the finish line during the Kickstarter, so... Uh, Thank you so much to everybody who supported us, all of our backers this year. Uh, it was fantastic. So, uh, as I mentioned, Saturday, uh, May 21st at 8 p.m., we're doing our Best of Bone Bat After Party at Crypticon Seattle. So you can come and see all of our award winners, plus a few other runners-up and fun shorts. Uh, and as well as that, we're going to have a second screening in June at Mac and Jack's Brewery. So that uh, if you didn't pick up your swag at the fest, you have a second opportunity to come and uh, pick up your swag bag. So there you go. Oof. So, dude, you got any uh, weird stuff this week? Yeah, well, I was thinking about birds before I knew why there were so many birds and guts. And <laughs> it's the time of year where I live, where the mockingbirds are out and they're still being nice. And if you don't live in a place with mockingbirds, let me explain. Mockingbirds are these birds are like about the size of a robin. And in the springtime, they make all these beautiful songs. They sound like all kinds of different birds and then they sing. And then in the summertime, they sound like assholes. They just go, They just yell at you. A a switch gets flipped. 
So I was thinking about mockingbirds. Mockingbirds are nuts. I did not realize this. They memorize, they, they live for years. They live for like nine, ten years, and they memorize songs. The, the, the longer they go on, the more songs they memorize. So like a young mockingbird might just know three or four tunes, but as he gets older, he's learning a shit ton of other bird calls, and he performs them like all grouped together in sets. So he'll like do all the Blue Jay songs, and then he'll do all the different kinds of, I don't know, seagull songs. I know seagull's not a real bird, but stay with me here. He'll do all the different warbler songs. He groups them together. He is a freaking musician, and he does this, they think, and because it is a he, it's usually the males that are singing to attract females. They go, hey, this guy knows a lot of different songs. Maybe I should make a nest with him. That's amazing, because that's why, you know, a lot of us get guitars in high school. You want to impress that's, the ladies. That's right. And when you're in high school and you just get that first guitar and, you know, you like smoke know on the water. Yeah. yeah, it's not happening for you. When you can rip through an entire two-hour set, that's when you get the ladies. That's right. So, and then I guess, what? So, you, But they play sets. That's interesting to me. So it's like... The, just the way that they have the songs organized in their brain? And how yeah, do they I tell guess. the difference between like a Warbler and a Blue Jay song just from hearing it to know which set it goes in? Well, I mean, Blue Jays and Warblers sound pretty different, so I don't, I don't know if they're spying on these guys they're, that they're mock, that they're imitating, or if they're just sort of cataloging them in their head as songs that sound a lot alike because they come from the same kind of critters. So I do don't you, know. Do you think that there's just like somewhere the Frank Sinatra of, of Mockingbirds that is just like just like getting laid? <laughs> <laughs> the eggs aren't the only thing that are getting laid. <laughs> right. Yeah, there, there's got to be yeah, granddaddy he's, he's putting in work. Like, he's just, oh, my God. Have you heard that mockingbird over on Elm Street in that tree? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And then there's the mockingbirds that just don't want to get laid. They're the, essentially the bass players of the, <laughs> the bird world. The bass players of the bird world. Yeah. But I know all these songs. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. That's, yeah. There you go. Gorge bird stuff. stuff right there. Gord's Bird yeah. stuff. Huh. Well, why don't we listen to a tune on that note? Let's listen oh, to its tune. The, ah, the musical no, jokes it. just, musical puns just keep on coming tonight, Gord. Surfing bird.
from a long line of werewolves. Come on, boys, and get your fair share. Wolves, hypnotic stairwolves. I'll have my sacred rare wolves. Oh, hell yeah, I triple dog dare wolves. Get me to her. Get me then I'm gonna start biting. Ain't it chilling? Ain't it telling? There's a poem that I read just before I start killing. Lay down, save your breath. Time enough to conquer death. Over here, there's always room. Bible black and yellow moon. That's all. Just just telling you who I am. You know, not fronting. All right, we're back once again. And joining us now, the writer, director, and star, dare I say, of my great funeral movie, Adam Burnett. How you doing, man? Hello, everyone. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Fantastic. We're doing great. Yeah. We're talking to award-winning filmmakers around the world. How, how could we be bad? <laughs> so on that note uh, your film my great funeral movie was voted for the viewers choice award for best live action short so congratulations thank you so much and and, and thank you everybody for, for for voting for it i'm uh, i'm truly humbled and honored to to receive such recognition genuinely <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, our audience loved it, and they're not the only one. I have to admit, and I told Gordon this after, because, you know, we're judging films. The first time we watch everything, we're watching it most of the time at home on our computer. Yeah, all alone, in the dark. By yourself. And I was sitting in my office laughing out loud the whole time I was watching your movie. It's fantastic. It's so much fun, and I knew it would kill, and my instincts were 100% correct. So very well done, sir. Man, thank you so much. That's a that's a huge compliment. It's it's great to hear. I I you know when you make a film before you screen it, and you know a lot of times you just especially over the last few years, you make something and then you just kind of put it online and wait for views to kind of stack up or some every once in a while someone comments something. It's just like you don't really know how people feel about stuff, and you know I can show it to colleagues and friends, and I have some good friends who will give me honest opinions, but. Most people just go, yeah, it's really good. It's not really like you don't really get the the detailed reaction you get from when you're screening it in front of people. Sure, um, yeah. So just hearing that that it got laughs and hearing that that people liked it and that you guys really liked it is uh, is is great. Like that's kind of well, well, why I'm making these things for for validation from strangers. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You got to get that love. Uh, so it's kind of you- like telling jokes into a. It's not like telling jokes into a podcast. You you put them out mm-hmm. there and you don't get that immediate reaction. So it, it's got to be tough. Yeah. yeah. So have you Absolutely. not seen the film in front of a live audience yet? So I've seen the film. We had a big uh, premiere last okay. week, okay. Um, and that was the first time I've seen it in front of an audience. It's the first time I've actually shown it to. I've shown it to some of the key crew, um, but loads of people haven't seen it. Loads of the cast haven't seen it. My parents haven't seen it, so we did a big, um, uh, like a, a premiere, and it was all set up like a funeral. We had um, oh. did a you have a band? Mind called, um, we did have a band. I would have loved a band. We just had very sad organ music at the beginning. I was hiding away behind a curtain, so everybody kind of had the vibe that I might be dead. Uh, and everybody, I asked everybody to wear black and, and sunglasses, so everybody was kind of in, in character. Uh, and we had some musical guests. Um, we've had uh, uh, this kind of, you know, how in like after parties or like after after an award ceremony, there'll be a guy with a camera with like a light on the camera, and then another person kind of presenter just going up to people and asking them how they felt about stuff, like kind of TMZ style interviewing. Yeah. Um, sure. So we had we had someone do that, and then we also had a Q and A from Beyond the Grave um, using <laughs> using psychotechnology. So it was a big. A big happening. It was a big event, but it was great to just get people's reaction and and just to see what landed and what didn't land, um, which I think is important. Oh, that's that's delightful. I'm so glad to hear that. That's wonderful. <laughs> were there were there ideas? You know, there are a lot of different ideas in this this film for the ways you could have died. Were there ideas that you ditched that you that you wish you had and you just couldn't pull off? Um, not really. There were ideas that have definitely shortened and simplified. Um, so I wrote them much bigger and longer. Right on. Originally, the idea for the whole thing um, would have, was that I'd film it myself. So I was going to literally do everything myself. I was going to put a camera on a tripod and just do make it look very homemade and very kind of crappy. And that being the joke is that I went through that length of making, like making the film myself and had no help. Um, but then I spoke to a friend of mine, uh, Jack, that, who, who ended up being the producer on this. I showed him the script and he loved it. And he, he said, let's make this as big as we can. Yes. And the joke yeah. being that someone spent a stupid amount of money 
on making this insane like kind of genre film just as a vanity project so we've got um he introduced me to uh tobias marshall who's the dp on the film who's amazing and he yeah he's like definitely giving the whole thing another look because i originally told him like look i'm thinking about doing it kind of homemade it's like no 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 let's push it as far as we can and jack um just kind of pulled loads of favors and we got these insane locations and just like yeah, it just it kind of snowballed into it was going to be something I was going to do on my own on a weekend, and it just snowballed into this like insane year long project. Um, but yeah, sorry to answer your question, we had some ideas that were longer, but we just sharpened them and, and cut them in the script writing stage, but also a lot in the edit. Um, we've shortened quite a lot of it just to get really snappy and try and keep people entertained and hooked, basically. Yeah, well, it worked. Having a brutal editor, there's there's a lot to mm. be said for that. Now the scene you got in the car, yeah, that that one that one kind of that was one thing, and it kept going as another. It, there's I think there are two kinds of people in America. There's there's the kind who eat while driving, and there's the kind who are appalled by eating while driving. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm definitely in the I've worn burrito down the front of my chest and still not learn my lesson camp <laughs> yeah. yeah that scene was was fan freaking tastic i i felt oh, a little great, bit man. personally attacked but i i thought it was <laughs> uh i'm a, i'm a terrible driver uh so um i was just thinking like what could be the stupidest way i could die and definitely like eating while trying to while thinking somebody's following me, while trying to get some mayo on my... Like, it was just like this over-the-top, like, doing three things at the same time. Um, and, yeah, just... And, and, and driving, which is fun. Yeah, when you, when you start adding the, anyway, con- so, yeah, the condiments, that, was... that is just hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know yeah, we've, we've all been there. I mean, your burrito isn't quite right. You need a little salsa, but you got to open the salsa packets. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah, that's why you got to have in your glove compartments all the, uh, the squeezable, squeezable condiments. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah, full range. So yeah. uh, one other thing I love about the, the film is the little touches, like the man that you owe money to is sitting in the funeral. I just loved that little meta touch because it added sort of a uh, a Wizard of Oz type feel to it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> dreaming like everybody is there who's involved in, literally in the video. So what is the logistics even of that? He called up the guy he owes money to and says, hey, I want to shoot this thing. I just loved it. The absurdity of it all was wonderful. Yeah. Super I mean, lovely. I guess kind of kind of what I wanted to, 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 to bring across is that this man who is perhaps shares the same name as me <laughs> literally went to the lecture so the people that are in the in the audience in the funeral are actually actors in this film that he made so they're really coming to see the film so they're coming to the screening of the film that he made and they're the actors and then i had the actors in the actual screening of the film sit and watch <laughs> it was very it got very and like so the, meta, yeah i love it <laughs> like a mirror person, and a mirror <laughs> exactly and the person introducing so the person kind of doing the eulogy is my wife in real life christina who saw this whole pro- 
this whole project is ridiculous and was kind of slightly resentful of me doing this. <laughs> Use that in the eulogy, but then in the actual screening that we did, the big premiere, she, we did, she did the eulogy as well. And she was even more resentful that I'm making her do it live. And it was all kind of like a thing, a mush of things um, that, you know, um, we're kind of like, I just thought, I know some of these one people who don't know who I am won't really be picked up. But I was like, I kind of had to do it because I thought it just made me, made me laugh, basically. So, yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, once you receive your Bone Bat Award, you can be like, see, honey, see, see. <laughs> it's all worth it. It was all worth it. You bet on the right horse, baby. <laughs> all right, man. Well, so what's next for you? What are you working on now, Adam? I am currently developing a few. Uh, I've got a feature idea that I'm developing that's going to be kind of in a similar over-the-top kind of very camp style. And I am working on a few kind of series ideas, all very much in development. Doing shorts, um, I'm going to keep just doing shorts. I do a lot of stuff. I'm, I'm trying to do more kind of low production value, just very... We've been me, me, me and my my kind of crew of, of other creative friends been calling it pirate films, which is literally like we think of an idea, we go out, we shoot it, and we make it work. Um, they usually kind of roll out of control and become bigger ideas than they are, but we're just just making loads of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. And you you have some shorts online, right? Where are where can our listeners find your work? Uh, AdamBurnett.com. Adam B E R N E T. Uh, on my Instagram, which is my surname, Burnett Adam. Uh, so it's the other way around. But yeah, I put a post stuff on Instagram whenever I got a new project and just any other little goofs. And loads of my videos are on my website. Fantastic. Well, uh, we promised it was coming. So, Adam, <laughs> the question we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bat Show what pisses you off, man? <sighs> you know, I thought I'd have an answer by the end of this. <laughs> um,. <laughs> I want to. I want to say something really witty. Um, hmm. What, what pisses me off? Uh, you know what? I know this might sound like a cop out at the moment. I don't really feel annoyed about anything. Like I, I, I used to get very, very, very angry about a lot of things, and I think I've recently had a child, and actually, since having a kid, I find. Being annoyed about stuff, a bit of a waste of time. Ugh, that sounds like such an asshole thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to like, make the time to be annoyed by things when you're constantly having another human mm. urinate on you, throw up on you, prevent you from sleeping. I, yeah, we, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And not and kind of magically not be annoyed by it. Like be a bit like discomforted by it. But that's it's one of those things that like the things that I thought would really annoy me don't annoy me at all like yes puke on me i don't i don't care i love it it's so sweet <laughs> um, hang in there teenagers are coming i, I, I got <laughs> something that doesn't yeah <laughs> and i'll be annoyed um one thing's the thing, thing a thing that annoys me is when an idea that could have been great with a little bit more work is not maximized when i see people not maximizing an idea that could have been great if they just put a little bit more effort and they dropped it off just before it yeah, became just a, little a bit undercooked. Yeah, we, we see a lot yeah. of that when uh, we get mm-hmm. the submissions for our festival. There's a lot of times, oh, yeah. if you had just done this. If you just yeah. taken it a little bit further, if you played a, like, 
don't you don't have to be controversial, but just a lot of people really play to an audience rather than play to themselves and what they think is funny. You can see it, the original kind of seed of the idea is something that someone thought is really, really funny and really, really great. It doesn't have to be about comedy. It can be horror, it can be drama, but it's this thing that, that once you start watering it down and worrying about what people will think, you 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 ruin a really something that could have been great. Yeah, um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, I need I'm gonna have you on speed dial so next time I have a really asinine cartoon idea that I'm the only one that thinks is funny. I'm going to like put you on the phone to my wife. Go, See? See? Yeah. Well, listen, man. I think what you guys are doing is, is great, and I think it's it's excellent. Oh, like, thank a- you, anybody that's doing anything that's like unique and, 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 and just trying to get people together and trying to celebrate filmmakers and art and like all that kind of stuff is just it's great. Um, I'm, I'm honored to be a part of it, honestly. Oh, well, thank you, and thank you again for sharing your wonderful work with us, man. We really enjoyed uh, being able to feature my great funeral movie at the Comedy of Horrors. Great. Thank you, guys. Well, I went down to St. James and Furbury. I saw my baby there Stretched out on a long white table So cold, so stiff, so fair He let her go, let her go, God bless her And the devil don't get ya Wherever she may be and She can search this whole wide world over She'll never find another man like me when I die, baby, me in straightly shoes A box back coat and a Stetson hat I put a $20 gold piece on my watch chain Sold a bowls of gold and I died standing pat Well, I won six crap shooters for my palm bearers I want a working lady to sing a song Put a dirty blues band on my hearse wagon To raise hell as they drag me along Hey, let her go, let her go God bless her And the devil don't get ya Wherever she may be yeah. She could search this whole wide world over She'll never find another man like me
Hi everyone, Adam Burnett here, director of My Great Funeral Movie, and you're listening to The Bone Bad Show. All right, we are back, and joining us now on the show is the director of the short Zombies Like to Watch, Rollin Stafford. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we, we wanted to get in touch with you because Zombies Like to Watch won the Viewer's Choice Award for Best Pacific Northwest Short at the 2022 Boneback Comedy of Horrors Film Festival. So congratulations. Congratulations, Thank man. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank you. it's awesome. Uh, audience loved it. You got a bunch of laughs, as you probably expected, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. So thank you for sharing your work with us. Uh, my pleasure. You know, you titled this movie Zombies Like to Watch, and I'm a little curious. The title implies that it's all zombies. So <laughs> is it inclusive of all zombies? And if so... That implies that there are other creatures that perhaps have kinks of their own, like like vampires like to listen or chupacabras just like the way it smells. Expound on that, if you would. Oh, um, yeah, I'm trying to remember how I came up with the title, honestly. I mean, Zombies Like to Watch is set in a world where zombies are just part of reality. You know, um, we accept them, but doesn't doesn't mean we have to like them. But does it mean that Certain people don't have uh, specific kinks or the zombies have specific kinks that, you know, people wouldn't be into. <laughs> um, but I'm sure Ben the zombie's not alone. I'm sure there's other zombies out there who have certain interests, you know. Um, whether it's watching or not, I can't say. All right. Well, what <laughs> I enough. liked about Ben is he remind, reminded me a little bit of uh, a zombie character from another feature that we premiered at Bone Bat, uh, Deadheads had cheese in it and cheese was this character that sort of got it he still had his humanity even though he was of the sort of grunting variety of zombie and i very much saw that sort of thing in ben as well that he was able to kind of be lucid and with it especially when it was for comedic effect yeah um ben is actually based on someone i met so I did base it on a <laughs> right on. character, and I honestly I didn't even change the name. His real name is Ben. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us. Uh, you've done zombies like to watch. Your neck. Mm. You, you've done a lot of wild, wild titled, wild sounding things based. Uh, you know, acting and directing both. I, I was looking through your IMDb, and I see Raiders of the Lost Clam to the Future that you're an actor oh, God. in. Um, what, is, what in the okay. what is that? Well, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, that is actually <laughs> something I seriously I shot that as a uh, as an actor. I was on it for two days in I want to say 2013. Oh wow! And I still have no idea what's become of that. I mean, I get emails from the director all the time, but 
I've sort of just come to ignore them because <laughs> I think nothing's ever going to It's just one of those weird, weird things I did for like $100 a day. It was fine. It was fun. But I'm never going to see the final product, I'm pretty sure. Maybe in 20 years. Who knows? So it's in post. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's Jesus, in I guess so. post. Yeah. It, it's well, you, the weird, obviously the weirdest thing on my my IMDb page by far. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to uh, call up the thing that's going to piss you off, uh, give you a oh, give you no. a bad feeling. Sorry about that. Oh no, I've I've let that go, man. I, I couldn't care less what happens to that thing. <laughs> okay, out of my out of my mind. <laughs> so, Roland, I was able to catch another wonderful short of yours, a zombie walk at Portland Horror. And now we've seen zombies like to watch. Are you going to Romero style wrap this up into your own zombie trilogy? Well, funny you should say that because the feature I just finished has zombies in it. Um, though they're not as prominent, I say, as a zombie like to watch or zombie walk, but they're definitely in it. I have five zombies in this feature. Um, but yes, I do find myself sort of creating some sort of Romero trilogy. I think after this feature, I have to take a break from zombies. I really do. Cause I swore I wouldn't do more after zombies like to watch it's like, okay, that's done two shorts. I'm good. I don't have to do anymore. And somehow I got ropes back into it to make this feature a little more interesting. <laughs> right. Well, winning all these awards makes it kind of compelling. No, I mean, honestly, yeah. Sort of, I mean, zombies are that, you know, specific sort of, Subgenre niche, you know, yeah. and um, they have a very specific fan base, I think, too. A lot of horror fans I know uh, who actually don't like horror movies but love zombie movies, you know, it's a totally different thing. Sure. Well, and, and each time the two the two examples I've seen so far, you bring something new to the table that I haven't seen before. So that's very much appreciated and appeals to somebody <laughs> like me who is a broad horror fan. So well done. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to screen this at Crypticon next Saturday during our Best of Bone Bat block. And uh, if you can join us, I will present your statue to you right there at the screening. Yeah, man. No, I'm, I'm thrilled about that. I will be there. Um, I actually was going to go up anyway because a film I acted in 2019 was going to premiere at Crypticon. Uh, oh, on What's it called? Night. Go ahead and plug it. It's called uh, Nicole, Her Ex, and the Killer. <laughs> right on. And it's uh, Friday Friday at midnight, I believe. All right. Good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny that uh, you're going to be screening Zombies Like to Watch at Crypticon because that short actually got into Crypticon last year as part of, part of the Northwest Shorts program. Oh, okay. I did not see so it there. I, I did see some of the... Uh presentation from that fest i'm good friends with uh the programmers there and so i saw some of it but yep. i didn't see this one so i'm glad that i i got to save at least for me for our fest because obviously yeah that's why we successful. have a festival actually we just just to entertain ourselves <laughs> no i think that's no that that's wonderful um no last year uh zombie walk and zombies like to watch competed in the northwest uh shorts program and i won the Northwest Short Award for Zombie Walk that year. Oh, right on. Yeah. That's great. You're going to need um, a whole I, new I, shelf I, for your awards. This is awesome. <laughs> I only have, like, two really cool ones, and one's from Crypticon. All right. Well, we'll, um, we'll get you another one here shortly. I, I am thrilled that you're bringing it back. I really am, to, to Crypticon especially, because I love that uh, festival and that whole convention. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you again for sharing your work with us. Uh, so, uh, like I mentioned, uh, as we got started, we always ask all of our guests here on the Bone Bad Show, Rollin, what pisses you off, man? I can't stand uh, crew members or cast members who have ego problems on my set. That just is the worst. I try not to work with people like that. It just who, you know, my way is the only way. I can't stand that. This whole business is about, you know, being professional and about, you know, seeing other people's point of views. It's just, it, I can't freaking stand it. Um, other than that, I'd say Facebook pisses me off a lot too, which is why I don't go on it except to promote film stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can understand I just, that. I post, mo- I post movie movie stuff my my work and uh movies i like to watch and that's about it like nothing else like i can't stand facebook anymore unless for work purposes yeah there you go yeah i feel basically about twitter the same way i think Uh, i'm down to like one one post every five years (laughs) yeah i i have never been on twitter in my life and given the recent news i doubt i will ever go on twitter (laughs) well i won't see you there (laughs) all right all right Great. All right, man. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on the Bone Bat Show, and we will see you at Crypticon. I can't wait. So you think that you got troubles. We certainly do. The more you try, the worse it gets. So you think your amplifier don't like you. Well, you ain't played in this band yet. Now my car sounds like an old tin can My wife run off with another man Gotta crack my fishing hand And my income taxes due I lost all my money in a poker game I think my left leg's going lame Family asked me to change my name And I'll think that's what I'll do Yeah, what would you do? I'll tell you what I'm gonna do I'm gonna build me a part of the back of my car And drive myself to the train This is Ron Stafford, writer, director of Zombies Like to Watch, and this is the Bone Bat Show. All right, once again, that was Hollins and Hollins Mortuary Entertainment. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, 
What do you got in the way of multimedia triage this week, Gord? Well, a couple of things. First of all, I stumbled across a band. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing their name right, but I would encourage everyone who's listening to this podcast to listen to this, to go to YouTube or whatever your favorite video musical site is and check out the band Otoiken, and I'll spell it Otiken. I don't know. It's O T Y K E N. And start with their song Storm. These guys are amazing. They are an indigenous Siberian band, and they mix sort of a rock and roll, dancey element to their indigenous music using mostly uh, indigenous instruments, those instruments indigenous to the tribal people of the Siberian area. And if it sounds like I don't know shit about this band, is because I don't. Their stuff is in Russian. I don't know what I'm reading, but they're freaking amazing, and they play really cool music in a really cold place. I don't see how they could possibly tour through most of the United States because they would simply die from heat exposure trying to wear all that fur and everything while they rock out. Super cool. Uh, just check it out. O-T-Y-K-E-N is the way you spell the band. Maybe one of our listeners can chime in and tell me how to properly pronounce it. Otikin? The other. Otikin? Sure. Why not? I, no matter what, I'm going to screw it up. Interesting. So. I have to say, though, that one the one thing that took me out of the video is I'm watching the video and I'm enjoying the song. Well, actually, there's two things that took me out of it. One is that... They were wearing the exact same bicycle gloves that I have, which I thought was weird. <laughs> like they're these yeah, knit, is, these knit like mountain bike gloves with like they had yellow stripes. Mine have blue stripes, but it's the exact same mountain bike gloves. So I'm pretty sure those are not authentic Mongolian gloves. And maybe you was, don't know the power of the gloves that you possess. Is that when they went to go hit like a power cord, they were doing it on a keyboard. And there's a band yeah, actually called The Who from Mongolian, H-U, that is like a cross between heavy metal and traditional Mongolian throat singing that is badass. Mm -hmm. You've got to check them out. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, they've got a song called Wolf Totem that is fucking great. Oh, I have seen that. Yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're excellent too. So that Otakin reminded me of The Who as well. So very. Oh, the way you said it sounded like you knew what you were talking about. Otakin. All right, I like it. Right. You just that just rolled off your tongue, <laughs> right on. Uh, and then uh, the other thing I'm kind of digging is I didn't even know this was happening. A season, a second season of Undone came on Amazon Prime, which was the rotoscope animation with Bob Odenkirk, uh, kind of a psychedelic journey across time uh, to solve. Very personal family mystery, I guess you could say. I'm not going to tell you a lot about it. It's something you just need to watch. Watch season one if you haven't already. And then, good news, season two is there. Very real characters, just uh, just well acted like nothing else you're going to watch. Uh, rather beautiful animation. Check it out. Very, very stony. Undone, season two on Amazon. 
oh wow i, I and, haven't and seen then, season and, one but uh well we, I, we are still up. watching we're up to season four now on better call Saul. fuck it's good it <laughs> yeah i know a, i gotta takes a little gotta, while to get going but yeah it's really good and they're starting to get a lot of crossover with breaking bad now like gus fring is in it and mike ermintrout's in it a lot and Tuco's in jail, but he's probably going to be out soon, and there's like a lot of crazy shit going on, so uh, definitely worth checking out. I definitely need to, to start watching that again. And then because you told me to, I watched Metal Lords. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Six stars out of five. Wonderful movie. <laughs> that movie's so much fun. Yeah. And they, Steve they was just, not wrong. They just get it. They get the metal thing. Like everything that makes heavy metal great. They get that, and it's not pandering in any way, shape, or form. They totally get it. Love that about it. And you know what? Even if you didn't like heavy metal, you could really like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you, Steve? What are you jamming on besides Better Call Saul? Well, speaking of of metal, uh, since the festival, I've had a chance to go to a couple of shows. As I mentioned, uh, I went and saw some thrash metal, a band called Destruction from Germany. Like, they're one of the old school german thrash bands and i had never seen them and you may remember i was like toying with the idea of going to uh maryland death fest which is like a a kind of a big deal when it comes to extreme music like they've been doing it longer and with more bands than anybody else and they were sort of indicating that this might be the last year that they do it and then i was just like you know it's too expensive it's too far away it's too much to try to make it happen so uh, a couple of the bands that uh, were going to be on that bill are coming through town, and so I made a point to get tickets for that. So Destruction from Germany is one of them I went and saw. Uh, they were uh, supported by a band from California called uh, VX36, which was a, just a really killer thrash band. I really enjoyed them. And a band from Sao Paulo, Brazil, uh, all-female lineup of death metal band called uh, Nervosa, and they were just fucking killer too. So it was a really... Great night of thrash metal. I totally had a wonderful time. And fuck, like, Destruction, they've been doing this for so long. And it's just this riff-heavy, but super precise. Like, they sounded great. It was so much fun to finally see them. I loved it. And then uh, Hypocrisy was back in town from Sweden with their version of alien-tinged Swedish death metal, and I really enjoyed seeing them live again. I've seen them once before, and they always sound good. The uh, main guy, Peter Tatgren, is also a producer. He owns a studio, and he's produced a lot of other metal bands, so you can tell he puts a lot of time into making his band sound fucking great, and it's just like this wall of just distortion that sounds immense and amazing just fills the room. And it was uh, really great to see them. And they, they had a, a, a band from Italy that uh, opened for them that I really enjoyed called uh, Hideous Divinity. And uh, they were totally fun to watch, too. So uh, those were the, the bands that I enjoyed most that night. So a couple of metal gigs. I really enjoyed that. I've got a couple more coming up. I'm going to see uh, Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel. They're calling it the Bay Strikes Back Tour. Uh, I've never seen, oddly, Exodus or Testament before. I've seen Death Angel. And uh, then uh, a band I think you know called Weed Eater is coming to town in a couple of weeks. I'm going to see them. So that will sort of wrap up my May metal going. But, uh, yeah, been that. And then uh, Doctor Strange 2. Have you seen this yet, Gord? Not yet. It's on. It's... 
I can't. It's on the list. I, I, I don't want to spoil it. It's a Marvel movie, obviously. Uh, it's way better than Moon Knight. <laughs> oh, good. Because <laughs> I, I got bored of Moon Knight. The third act drips Sam Raimi. It is such a great encapsulation of what makes him good. And this is so much more. To me, the first Doctor Strange movie felt like a Marvel movie. This felt to me like a Doctor Strange movie. It was weird and creepy and trippy and had all kinds of cool stuff going on in it that I thoroughly enjoyed. So I had a great time, except for when I was blowing my own head off with a sneeze. I had a (laughs) wonderful time watching this movie. Julie felt it was a little slow until it got to the third act, but then the, the third act is fucking bonkers. So it went nuts after that and uh, was a great time. So you should definitely check it out. I'm fully intent on checking that out. Right on. I, I watched the Batman finally. Yeah. What'd you think? That was bleak. I mean, it was good, but it was bleak. Kind of like watching that Joker movie. Like I'm glad I watched it. I never want to watch it again. And long, right? Wasn't it long? It was like 18 hours long. Yeah. (laughs) And did you buy the villain reveal at the end? I mean, by the time that happened, I was was so so numb anyway. You were so weary? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was weary. I I don't know. I just felt like when they finally reveal who the Riddler is, you're like, it's just some guy. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it kind of seemed like it was always just going to be some like stunt casting with this type of thing. You know, where it's always, yeah. oh, the Riddler is Jim Carrey. Wah! And it was like, <laughs> like some guy I've seen in stuff, but I don't know of his, you know, <laughs> being like some, oh, that's the Riddler, huh? Hmm. Like, I'm not giving Yeah, screen. well, but now next time when you see him in Better Call Saul or whatever, you'll be like, oh, my God, that's the Riddler. Yeah, no, so I, I'm not going to be giving the screen any knowing winks for that kind of casting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Winkity wink. And I saw a sort yeah. of truth, sort of trust, sort of trust. Yeah. And what would you think? Asleep. Oh, you. <laughs> it was all right. You. It was all right. I, I didn't love it. You watched like the 17 hour The Northman, which, you know, t- jury's out on that. 50% of the people in my household who saw it hated it. Uh, I liked it, but yeah, still. Because it was fu- it you felt, fucking you, was great. That's why you liked it. Your taste is almost universally good, so. Wait, say it. Is this this is you're gonna yeah. cut that part of the podcast I'm out, aren't not. you? Not. Why do you think that we're do fucking it. partners in a film festival, dude? Between the two of us, we come up with all the great movies. We do. We're pretty good. Yeah, at that. I'm telling you. So yeah, you, oh, you liked it and they didn't. Uh, I think that says more about you than it does about them. Okay, uh, I'm just saying it's not for everyone, and it was long. Uh, sort Sir, of trust. It, no, it wasn't too long. It was. It was definitely. No, it wasn't. Though, that's what I'm saying. Sword of Trust was like 15 minutes long. And you fell asleep, but you you were no, wide awake for the Northman. It was very talky. Like, okay, here here is literally a 20 minute scene in a panel van with carpeting. A 20 minute talking scene in a panel van. No action beats. No anything. Just talking for 20 straight minutes. That to me is kind of slow. Just say it. But. Remember, your aesthetic is it has to have at least 78 parts per square inch or it bores you if it's a piece of visual art. 
I'm just saying that there weren't any explosions at all. You have there were sword, not any explosions. A sword. If we did, we learn nothing from Chekhov. If you <laughs> Chekhov's have sword, a sword this is not. <laughs> introduced to the plot in the first act, then in the third act, somebody needs to get fucking impaled. Or the sliced. North, the Northman knew this and did it well. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. There were swords in both those movies, weren't there? That's right. And in one, they got it got used. In one, it didn't. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, do we want to listen to another tune and then wrap it up? Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. Here's some more. Lester T. Raw's Graveside Quartet. Enjoy. Oh my dear, you 
Graveside Quartet brought to you by Hollands and Hollands Mortuary Services as they say will be the last ones to let you down. See you in after the next block of movies. Yes. Thank you, Gord and Steve, for having us out. Kick ass. All right. We're back and I think that's about it, Gord. I think that's about it, Is Steve. There anything else you want to Thanks, add? Thanks, man. Before we There's nothing else I want to add. Okay, well, no, uh, thank you I'm again done. to all of our filmmakers. Thanks to Roland Stafford, Chris McEnroy, Killy Villam, and Adam Burnett for joining us on the show. Congrats again for your awards, and uh, thank you again for sharing your amazing work with the festival. Uh, if this festival's any good at all, it's because of filmmakers like you. So thank you so very much. Again, thank you to everybody who attended the film festival and helped make it happen. That was a great time. Thank you to the Pine Box Boys for all the amazing music you've been listening to this episode. Oh, yeah, one last note. The People's Critic, Tim Hall, did a review of the Comedy of Horse on his blog. So uh, I have posted a link on the Bone Bat page. You should go check that out and see what he had to say about this year's Comedy of Horrors Film Fest. Pretty cool. We get a real movie reviewer to uh, let us know what he thinks, right? Much better than using that fake movie reviewer. That cardboard standee that we put in the audience <laughs> yeah. with the clipboard? Yeah. With the with a lanyard that we made. <laughs> Just a, it says press with one S. It's like a scarecrow, but it's like a, a, a press crow. Or something. <laughs> something. A scare press. Something like that. Our usual bullshit. You can reach the show at four two five two nine six six five five seven or via email at Steve at bonehand.com. Got uh, new content at bonehand.com every once in a while. It's also the home of the heavy half hour. And you can find my stuff, mightywombat.com. I'm doing a good job of putting a cartoon a week up on that website. And you can also find me on Facebook at mighty underscore wombat. I just saw your latest cartoon. It was very sad. Uh, yeah, you got a sneak peek. That's not even out there in the world <laughs> yet. Inspired by my own difficulty, spelling, and the perils thereof. <laughs> yes. Right on. All right. Uh, let's see. We've also got a Bone Bat page on Facebook where we have sweet deals, uh, announcements of music from bands we featured on the show, shorts that uh, didn't fit into our fest but we still think are worth your time, stuff like that. You should uh, like that page and keep an eye on it. There's a lot of good stuff there. Uh, if you like what we do, uh, please spread the word and tell a friend. Our last song tonight. Uh, well, you know what? What? Why don't we listen to Stab? That's a great idea. Let's listen to Stab. All right. Here you go, folks. Once again, Pine Box Boys with Stab. This is Steve. This is Gord. Have a good one. I do have a good one. 
Is it okay if they play one more song? Yeah. I think mean, this guy's got a song about stabbing people. Yes! Check, check. We said we would only do one more if uh, Steve sings it with us. Shit, Gordon, I don't know how you're off the hook. Why don't you get your ass over here, too? Oh, okay. Okay, well, thank you, folks, very much. Very kind of you, so uh, I got to give back. And here's, uh, here's one I taught my daddy. Well, I guess my daddy knew just what I'd be Because he gave me my first razor when I was three He said, son, if you're a coward, you can stab your way to power But I'll cut you if you turn your back on me Stab once, wave it around, stab thrice It's the answer to the question in my ear Stab once, with a heart as cold as ice And a little voice giving me ideas Wife, she's a lovely woman, but the judge frowned and sentenced me to life. Cause they found me in the cold with all that stolen gold and the steam coming off my bloody knife. Stab once, stab twice, wave it around, stab thrice. It's the answer to the question in my ear. Stab once, stab twice, heart is cold as ice and a little voice is giving me. I dare stab the nice folks, possum. Him running down the halls, that shit gives me shivers. I love the flash of steel when it falls. It's a thrill when you cut her and every vein's a gusher. Cause I love the color red upon the walls. Don't you stab once, wave it around, stab thrice. It's the answer to the question in my ear. Stab once, stab twice. a heart as cold as ice and a little voice giving me out there. Yeah. 
Pine Box Boys. Thank you. Good night.